Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Good afternoon. Uh, the market has just closed here in Sydney. Uh, welcome to the COB. I'm Nadine Blaney. Scotty, how are you doing today? I'm going well. Hump day is uh, treated me well. It's treated you well. Not treated the market very well, though. We've got the XJO finishing at the lows of the day, off by one and a half percent going below that 6,000 level. Um, it was just a really negative day when it came to local news coming on the COVID front. Yes, I'm a little bit of a contrarian indicator, obviously, but um, whilst I'll be doing all right, yeah, the market was pretty crook today. And I've got to say there was, apart from a few pockets of, uh, of strength where it came from the gold miners benefiting from, uh, from higher gold prices overnight, uh, that stay-at-home stocks uh, also did okay. It was really like a case of sell Team Australia. Uh, there was no real rhyme or reason amongst the other uh, selling. Obviously, the banks had a reason with the extension of, uh, of uh, loans and everything else that may be associated with the building risks down the line. But elsewhere, uh, it was just really just broad-based selling. It was. Even amongst the miners, you know, Rio BHP and Fortescue were all down. And pretty significantly, if you put it in context of an iron ore price, the futures market continuing to rise in China. Why do you think that the Aussie miners would have underperformed to such an extent? Well, it makes you think that it's more of an Australian story. That's why I said it was a Team Australia rather than something individual. But it is really strange. Uh, we saw in the energy sector as well today, there wasn't any big move in crude features last night. In fact, it was a bit mixed. And yet they all finished down quite aggressively as well. Then big miners, like the Fortescue Metals, uh, pure play on iron ore. We've got iron ore futures in China near record highs. Now, obviously, it's had a good run, but it came off. So it gives me some sort of insight as to the rally we're seeing is obviously struggling around a certain level. So once the XJO in particular gets above that 6,000 level and when it moves quickly, it struggles. So it tells you a little bit about that mindset that, hey, look, it's not likely to go and collapse again. But at the same time, people are struggling to find catalysts to go and push the market higher, at least in the near term. Mm-hmm. Um, we have had the promise now. Uh, of more stimulus coming. Now, we don't know what shape it will take, but the Prime Minister today, Scott Morrison, obviously in the wake of the lockdown that's been imposed in Melbourne, has committed that the government realizes more will need to be done. So we've talked about that mortgage and rent repayment holiday that's been extended. Uh, the Treasurer, Josh Feidenberg, has indicated that he's looking to bring forward tax cuts. What do you think? is the next appropriate policy response. I mean, is it targeted stimulus for those sectors that have been hurt the most, travel, hospitality, those areas? I think it has to be. Uh, And to go and support other pockets of the community, particularly youth uh, and lower paid workers who have been extremely hard hit by this as well. But there's no easy solution. It's gonna involve so much fiscal spending. They have to go and do it, the government. Uh, I don't wanna be paying back debt for the rest of my life. Uh, through taxes and the like, but at the same time, if we don't act now, then we're looking at real trouble. We're going to have a generation at risk where there will be absolutely difficult. Like it will be difficult to go and find work, 
to go and buy a house, all that kind of stuff. And that has ramifications for the community, societal problems, also for their electorate and politicians in general. I get it, but uh, you know, we were talking with uh, Peter Strong from Cosboa. He was indicating that you know there will be a lot of small to medium-sized enterprises that need to close, and that's maybe what needs to happen in some areas as well. I mean, we don't want a whole bunch of zombie companies existing at the end of this. Mm. I mean, that wouldn't be the ideal outcome either, would it? Absolutely not. We, we want to go and see opportunity come from this downturn, but at the same time, we don't want to go and see businesses that were previously healthy and household balance sheets uh, that were previously healthy battered and completely ruined by this because this is something they didn't have any choice. What we want to see is those businesses that are viable maintain, succeed. Those that obviously are, are marginal, they're the ones that will go. Unfortunately, that will need to be where I came back to the fiscal side of things, more help. We know that monetary policy is tapped out. Mm-hmm. And so you can go and buy some more bonds and everything else, but you need to have income helping this, uh, this, this battered parts of the community for some time to come. Well, we will obviously see and learn more whether or not the information trickles through until the 23rd of July when we get that uh, update coming from the Treasurer, Josh Frydenberg. But you've got to think there's a lot of expectation um, that he'll have to rise to when he delivers that, um, that budget update. Absolutely. And I'll be flabbergasted if there isn't uh, um, media leaks and the like coming out beforehand because there needs to be a degree of certainty here. Now, I know we're dealing in an uncertain environment, mm-hmm. but we, households and businesses need to have some clarity as to what they're looking at. Uh, there'll probably have to be an extended period where they may go and do something with the job seeker to go and support those families uh, and people who lose their jobs where it won't be at the minimum wage rate, what we're seeing at the moment, maybe a little bit higher. Uh, but there's other things as well out there they can go and do to go and help it. Uh, as I said yesterday in the podcast, they have absolutely no choice now but to go and do everything it takes to go and support the economy. Otherwise, no, early next year will not be a pleasant time to be in Australia. Well, the small business ombudsman, Kate Carnell, is saying that, uh, look, there needs to be a fund, some sort of a fund set up to assist small businesses so that they can get the grants and they can get them quickly in times of crisis. She is calling for an extension of JobKeeper and a mandatory code of conduct for commercial tenancies. That, as well, is expected to expire in September. So if you'd like to listen to that Video from Kate Carnell. She also talks about you know the emotional toll that this crisis is having on small to medium-sized enterprises. You can access that via the show notes. Also, Carlos Cacho from uh, UBS. He's an economist there. He weighs in on uh, what the government perhaps could do as this lockdown you know really accentuates the trouble that the Australian economy will go through. Everybody, you know, lots of the guests that we're speaking to today, Scotty, um, you know, it's not just a Melbourne thing. We're all in it together. And uh, Con McGlackis from Statewide Super sort of was mentioning that just most recently um, as we wrapped up the day with him. Absolutely. Uh, The other interview that is worthwhile just talking about is uh, the one that we did earlier with Angus Geddes, because despite all of the negativity that we are talking about in Australia today in relation to the economy here, look, he is still convinced that a V-shaped recovery is going to be happening around the world. He says bull markets climb a wall of worry, and uh, though we're starting to see the worry come through now, he still is holding on to that view that Markets will go higher this year. And why, Scotty? Stimulus. Stimulus. Settings. Yeah, it's that... hard to argue with that when, when the proof is in the pudding. I mm. mean, look at Tesla. Yeah, look, uh, exactly right. No, it, to me, the undoubted biggest risk this year is a policy risk. Uh, policy misstep, mishap, whatever you want to call it. 
But if they get it wrong, then it's going to be significantly compounded by what's going on at the moment. The conditions are weak. We're being kept alive by this stimulus. Uh, if they get that wrong, we know what's going to come next. If you'd like to listen to that uh, interview with Angus Geddes, I suggest you do so because he tells you what they're buying right now. And uh, yeah, one of it has to do with Hamilton, which is just apparently the talk of the town right now here in Australia. <laughs> um, so those are a few interviews that we did today. Um, there's lots more on our website if you'd like to access them via osbiz.com.au. The stock of the day today was Sezzle. Ticker code is SZL. Look, it finished a little bit lower after a very strong session yesterday. It was down by, oh, not a little bit lower, actually. It was down by about 5%. Here is what our expert guests had to say about Sezzle during the call. Uh, let's hear what Henry Jennings from Marcus Today had to say first. The numbers were pretty good. Their update yesterday was pretty good. Uh, the stock price has been going nuts, as has every stock in that buy now, pay later mm -hmm. space. And they're all kind of comparing themselves and riding that coattail of afterpay, it, it, you know, it's, it's in nosebleed territory. I think you go with the strength, but Sezzle at 400 million buck market cap, if they can continue to grow the way they're going, you can see the, ro you, you can see the roadmap. You can see it stretching out in front of you. You can see the milestones, you know, a billion dollars worth of annualized revenue sales from their merchants, two billion. Afterpay is gonna go to what they're talking about. 25 or something right. um, so you can see that you can value everything on the back of the big daddy at some mm. stage when you you know if you're going to invest in the sector my philosophy is always go with the incumbency right. and that's go with afterpay yeah there's all, all also the the sezzles and the afterrans and the its and the blitz and whatever yeah. that fit on the end but they're getting the crumbs off the table if you look at the the customer acquisition that afterpay's had um, in the last quarter, what was it, 10 million or something or other new customers? Um, the expansion it's had into the US, Canada, think also about the UK, think about Europe. I mean, this is actually getting to a point where they're almost a bank. I'd stick with Afterpay because okay. I think that's where you're going to get the maximum, okay. the maximum afterburn. All right, that was Kim Slater finishing those thoughts on Sezzle. So some of the large cap gainers, I think it's worthwhile noting that we did see Northern Star Resources after upgrading uh, its, its outlook and um, saying that it will bring forward or reinstate its dividend payout. It was up by 6%. The gold miners Going for gold. did really well. I just thought we should throw in something positive. So that was probably the sector that outperformed along with the consumer staples, Woolworths and Coles. I really hope everybody out there... Uh, acts appropriately and doesn't start uh, hoarding flour yeah, we, we and sugar and all We don't need a toilet, no toilet paper renaissance mark too, please. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, so let's talk about what's coming up tomorrow. Look, it's a quiet day on the economic front. It's actually been a pretty quiet week, I guess, if you exclude the, the RBA. Yeah, it's been really quiet. It actually is my bugbear about uh, the way that uh, we have economic releases all parlayed into the first week of the month. I find it quite strange that we have to go and do it like that. Why can't we go and stagger it? At least it gives us something to go and talk about. And for, <laughs> and for those- Selfishly. No, no, but, but also from like, a, if you're trying to go and get a message out there, if you're a private sector firm who's got data to go and release, you're gonna go lose airtime to other releases if you yeah. do it all the first week of the month. So stagger it out, people, please. There's your public service announcement for the day. Tomorrow night, we get the jobless claims in the US, but uh, plenty of water to go under the bridge between now and then. 8.45 a.m., I will be speaking with Brian Nick. He's Chief Investment Strategist at Naveen, always 
good for a chat. Alistair McLeod as well from Wheelhouse Investment Partners at 10 o'clock a.m. And uh, you and I, Scuddy, at uh, 11.10 a.m. we'll be speaking with the CEO of the Australian Finance Group. They've got some really interesting uh, insight into who's getting loans and where they're getting them from. So looking forward to that one. Look, the list goes on. We'll wrap it up with Fazer McLeod from Sean Partners in Adelaide, Radelaide, a city I know you love to love. Oh, I love it a lot. I love the wine there as well. So that's, that's another story. <laughs> Shall we go have some wine now? Call it a day, Scotty? It is hump day, so why not? Okay. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>